This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Well, happy Thursday, bud. I was just about to hit record and Clive trotted into the office and was like, wait, 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 let me take my spot because he obviously has one of his like five dog beds in our home underneath my desk where he hangs out often. And I just thought that was so appropriate for today's episode. And you'll see why in a second. So today we are talking about four things to stop talking yourself out of. Oh my gosh, now he's found a toy in the background, which I don't normally keep in my office for the reasons that they squeak. But here we are. (laughs) We're gonna keep rolling with it. I'll explain. I'll explain what Clive has to do with today's topic. But I've noticed some things, my friend. I've noticed that we are talking ourselves out of some stuff by default. Sometimes we don't even notice. And back in episodes 48 and 49, we had some discussions about regret. I'll link them in the show notes if you didn't catch them or if you want to re-listen. But we've had some empowering conversations about reframing regret, redefining it, thinking about it in a new way, letting go of it. And that's work worth doing. I wholeheartedly believe that updating your relationship with regret will change your life. And P.S., if you haven't gotten the workshop yet on regret-proofing your decisions, go get that right now at kirstenparker.com slash no regrets, because that's also work worth doing, regret-proofing your decisions. Now, all of that said, regret is still a real thing, and people do get to points in their lives with regrets. And we also want to do the work to avoid that situation to the extent we can. We don't want to end up never having done this and never having seen that and never experiencing this thing and feeling like we cheated ourselves, like we limited ourselves, like we talked ourselves out of it. And sure, this could be like big life-changing trips around the world, but it also happens on a day-to-day basis. So this is why we're talking about it today, because I want you to pay attention How regularly are you talking yourself out of these things in your daily decision-making? Because the small decisions are the easiest ones to start tweaking, you know this, and those trickle up into your bigger life choices. Yum. So here are the four main things that we are talking ourselves out of that we maybe don't want to anymore, okay? It's a super simple list, but we're going to get into each of them. Joy, help, rest, and permission. Yes, please. Doesn't it just feel like the holidays? We're talking about all of the best things in life, joy and help and rest and permission. Yay, yum. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Confetti. Okay, we're starting with joy. I actually identified joy as one of my core values back when I first started learning about coaching and building my skill set and paying attention to my decision-making, which is how I got where I am today, being a decision coach, helping other people pay attention to their decision-making. And core values had never been a thing in my life up until that point. Never heard of them, didn't care about them, no awareness, which is fine. But once I started paying attention to it, I was like, ooh, I do think joy 
is very important to me. And I really took that seriously. I started paying attention to what decisions do I make that are in alignment with the fact that I value joy. And I could see very clearly decisions I was making that were creating joy and allowing joy and those that were preventing it, where I was talking myself out of like the opportunity to have joy, feel joy. And the more I paid attention to it and the more I started making decisions that allowed little joy, just for the sake of little joy, the more of a bigger and bigger and bigger impact it had on my life. So when we're talking about talking yourself out of joy, I really want you to look at the little stuff. Like what things are you doing in your life just because you want to, just because it would be fun, just because you love palm trees. So yeah, obviously the curtains that you put in your office are going to be covered in palm trees because why not? I mean, wink. Or these big giant earrings make you happy. So you're just going to wear them. And like, that's the only reason you need because they just bring you little sparkles of joy every time you catch your reflection. It's not just about buying stuff. It's not just about indulging. It's not just about doing stuff. What I really want you to pay attention to here is the micro impulse to do something just because it lights you up. And I really want you to notice, are you putting a cap on that? Are you tamping that down? Automatically. You don't know you're doing it. You aren't doing it on purpose. But that's why we're looking under the cover here a little bit, under the lid, under the hood. What are we doing? It doesn't matter. So some clues that you might be doing this are you might be concerned right now or historically concerned with being prudent, with being frugal or sensible or responsible or unselfish. When we have concerns like this, it can translate into overarching mindsets that get in the way of these little joy decisions. Mindsets like stuff like that is reserved for other people or people like me can't do this or don't do this. I'm not ready. Now isn't a good time. It's too late. It's too complicated. It would be too expensive. It would be too selfish. See what I mean? We can take a good sounding intention like be sensible, be responsible, and we can overcorrect, throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were, and deny ourselves the opportunity to take one step in the direction of joy because we are so terrified to leave the gated community of frugal and sensible. And I'm just asking, can we meet in the middle? Can we take a couple steps out? Maybe, do we need to update how prudent or frugal or sensible we need to be? Often when I'm talking to a client and that is a concern of theirs, it was a rule that was set up in a different time in their lives, in a different context. And it's worth updating that rule. How responsible do we think we need to be? How unselfish do we think we need to be today in today's context? Interesting question, yeah? And the whole reason I said it was apropos that Clive joined us is because I have seen this tendency to allow joy, to not talk myself out of little joys and little decisions. I have seen that trickle up into bigger life choices. It's how we ended up getting married by ourselves and spending 10 days in Bora Bora because that seemed extremely joyful. And P.S. it's how we ended up with the decision to have the wedding ceremony on a private island and have a chef cook us a nine-course meal on the private island where the only humans were us and the chef and this awesome guy marrying us and this like ukulele player. (laughs) 
But there were options. There were cheaper, simpler, different options. And we went with the most joy-producing one, which was burned into my brain as one of the happiest, just most peaceful, pleasant, beautiful life experiences, which I deserve because do you know what my brain is really good about when it comes to, you know, creating and holding on to memories? Um, the bad stuff, all my failures, all my most embarrassing moments in life. It's got a lot of those just like on display, just like yours, I bet. We love holding on to those negative things. So the more positive, joyful, amazing memories I can burn into my brain, yes, please, I'll take it. But it's also why I have a dog bed in my office because I love Clive and he brings me joy. And I like to think I bring him joy too. But what I'm talking about is the way I've set my life up. It brings me joy to have my dog able to come in and out of my office. And that's a decision I could have talked myself out of easily because like, oh, you have to be professional. Oh, that's another one. That's a good one for the list. Responsible, unselfish, prudent, professional. I could have been like, no, you can't have a dog but in your office. Who are you? And you know what? Who I am? A person who likes joy. So I would like you to just check what joyful thing might you be talking yourself out of right now? What's one joyful thing you want to allow yourself or even allow yourself to think about? And like I said, if you start small, the bigger stuff will be easier. So maybe even just pay attention this week to like, can I make this decision just because this thing will bring me joy? Notice if you have the impulse to do something, to eat something, to wear something, to sit down and read a freaking magazine. And notice if you talk yourself out of it. Notice if you are limiting yourself by default and just check, do I really not want to do that or see that or whatever? Could be fun, right? Okay, that brings us to our next main thing we talk ourselves out of, which is help. Holy moly. Why are we doing everything by ourselves? Why are we expecting everything from ourselves? Well, some actually good reasons. YouTube, for one thing. Books for dummies. Heck, TikTok is a thing. You can like learn stuff from now. And this is great. It is great to have so many resources and so much information at our fingertips, but it makes us really tempted to think, I should be able to do this by myself. I should be able to figure this out on my own. Combine that with whatever has influenced you over time, your family of origin, your career training, your education of whatever kind. What have you been taught about asking for help? What have you been taught you should be able to do alone? Sean Acor writes all about this in one of my favorite books. I'll link it in the show notes. It's called Big Potential. He talks about all of this research and all of these wonderful examples in real life of how humans need each other to do and be and feel their best. We cannot actually reach our full potential. And potential meaning potential for happiness, success, fulfillment, achievement. We can't do it by ourselves. Isn't that great news? But we talk ourselves out of it. And when we have a habit of talking ourselves out of help before we even allow ourselves to consider it, everything gets affected. You live with a blank wall because you can't reach that high and you don't want to bother someone to help you. So every day you walk past this blank wall that makes you sad, but it's like, you live with stumbling across the grocery store parking lot because you refused help that someone offered you because that's the habit. You don't even let yourself think, wait, could I use help? Did I just buy an armchair at Costco and it might be nice to have help with it? Mm, Maybe. 
I was I was with a friend once who kind of impulse bought this giant chair at Costco. And the default answer that comes to mind when anyone asks for help is usually no. So I want you to pay attention to that. Check. Wait, could I use help? And these little things, just like joy, these little things trickle up into bigger things. That's when we start living with chronic pain. We start living with mental health issues. We start living with emotional health struggles because we don't let ourselves even think to ask for help. And that is not what we're trying to do here. I know it's not what you're trying to do. And sometimes we just need a little shake, like a little loving shake to ourselves to be like, hey, just check. (laughs) Are you talking yourself out of asking for help? What help can you ask for this week? Super small. Sometimes this is a habit that's fun to break on purpose. Like sometimes I have clients just say yes when help is offered, like for a week. If anyone asks them if they need help, I just say, say yes, see what happens. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't think you do, but maybe you have a great conversation. Maybe you find out you did actually need help. Maybe you experience something being easier than it has ever before in your life. And you're like, wait, this could be this easy. I had no idea. Fun. All right, we're on a roll. Let's keep going. Thing number three that we talk ourselves out of, rest. I mean, do I even need to explain this one? Girl, you're a human person. You're a living organism. You need seven to nine hours of sleep every night, and you are going to live longer and have a better quality of life if you don't overwork yourself and if you properly, routinely recover from stress. I do not believe I'm telling you anything that you don't know. And yet... Rest is one of the top things we talk ourselves out of on a daily basis. (laughs) Not okay. And here's how I want you to kind of start looking at this. I want you to just check how are you acting? Are you acting in your life like you owe a lot of people a lot of stuff? Does your behavior indicate that you owe your boss good work and you owe your clients good deliverables or you owe your colleagues good help or you owe your mentor or you owe your parents or you owe your kids? And then I want you to check, are you acting like you owe yourself anything? This can kind of be a painful thing to look directly at. So be gentle with yourself as you do this exploration, but... These are questions worth asking. Do you act like you owe yourself anything? Are you slowing down ever? Do you have days off? Do you have mental boundaries around when you do and do not think about work? And work can mean your J-O-B. Work can mean the thing you're hosting for your family next weekend. Do you take breaks? Do you take breaks? Are you taking breaks? Or are you talking yourself out of taking a break because you can't slow down, you can't stop, everything will catch on fire? I want you to really be honest. How are you talking yourself out of rest on a daily or weekly basis? And what can you do just in the next 24 hours to allow more rest? Think super small, but catch yourself in a loving way, not like in a gotcha way, (laughs) but just notice If you're super tired and your body and your brain are saying, holy bajoli, I need a minute. Are you talking yourself out of that? Are you talking yourself into keep going, keep pushing, don't slow down, don't stop? That's another lens we can put on all of these questions that we're asking today. How are you talking yourself out of joy and help and rest and permission? And what are you talking yourself into instead? 
settling, doing everything alone, never slowing down, never enjoying a freaking sunset. You're not wrong for it. So this, I hope, I hope it doesn't come across like I'm yelling at you. <laughs> Sometimes I think I sound a little yelly. You're not wrong. It's just habits. It's We're just talking about habits here. But we got to pay attention to our habits because so many of our daily decisions are made without conscious thought. Habits determine most of our life choices. I know, but that's okay because we can pay attention to them. So let's pay attention to our final thing that we want to stop talking ourselves out of. And we saved the biggest for the last, you guys. Permission. Now this is joy adjacent, but it's a little different flavor because this is the category that hard things fall into. And uh, some stuff that can require a little more work a little more risk. It's what a lot of people actually hire me for. A lot of people I'm working with hire me to help them give themselves more permission to do what they want, to not do what they don't want. Oh boy. Permission to imagine they could really have the life they want. Permission to feel about themselves the way they want to feel. Do the work they think they maybe want to kind of try, perhaps. Do the scary thing that has no guarantees because it might lead to what they want. So this is not easy to do on your own. To notice, oh, I'm talking myself out of permission all the time and then just start allowing yourself more and more permission. It's not easy because we're biased against risk and we are wired to fear uncertainty. And for good reason, right? But in my experience of working with smart, self-aware, hardworking people, by the time you reach your 30s, 40s, 50s, you have such habitualized perceptions of risk and uncertainty that this whole conversation about what are you permitting yourself to gets skipped. You might think, I want to do or feel or achieve or experience X, And then you might immediately shut that thought down. You might not even let yourself go there in your mind. Write a book? Change careers? Say no to my mother-in-law? I don't think so. I don't want to. I don't think so. I don't know. Can't do it. Scary. (laughs) And people hire me at the point at which they can see this happening. And they're like, wait a minute. Since when do we decide we're not capable of doing stuff? Or we're not allowed certain things. Who's in charge here? That's where I come in and I help you change this habit on purpose. Like I said, a big one that falls into this category of permission is doing scary things. Taking on a new project is scary. Doing something you've never done before, which you don't know how it'll turn out, you don't even know if you're going to be good at it, you don't know what people are going to think, scary. This is when I want to remind you that you can do hard things. Mm. You can learn the computer program. You can figure out who to hire to teach you if you can't learn it by yourself. You can figure out how to pay for someone to do it for you if you can't learn it. You can figure out how to structure a novel. And then when you're done with that, you can figure out how do people get novels published. You can solve the problem down the line that you can't even foresee yet. You have done things for the first time your entire life. And if you're talking yourself out of permission regularly, if your habit right now is, mm, can't go there, can't allow myself to want that or imagine that or go after that, I need you to remember you might be way more capable and resilient and resourceful than your default brain is giving you credit for. Another big, 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 big thing that falls into this category of permission is enjoying 
your life. I know, I know, I'm, I'm nodding with you. Permission to enjoy your life. We have to talk about it. Particularly, we have to talk about you talking yourself out of permission to enjoy your life, enjoy your job, have work-life balance, whatever you want to call it. Lots of high achievers do not give themselves this permission. And there are a variety of beliefs at the source of this self-limitation. There's the belief that to be successful, I need to put up with this, fill in the blank. To be respected, I need to do this. Usually that has to do with like having no boundaries. I need to be available all the time. I need to do the best work. I need to sacrifice over here so that I can do the best over here. And this snowballs into overworking, working on vacations, working on days off, often being underpaid. No. If you're stuck in one of these beliefs and it's causing you to talk yourself out of permitting yourself to enjoy your life or permitting yourself to even believe that you could and you're allowed to, It can be helpful to remember the many, many, many different ways human beings live. There are people right now, happy as clams, living on farms, living on mountaintops. I personally am obsessed with this show on BritBox called Escape to the Country. It's like a real estate show where they take people who live in big bustling cities and they want to trade that in for a simpler, quieter life where they're in nature more. And it's so funny because some of these places that they take people to, it's like a real estate show. They're like touring all of these different houses. But some of these places that they go, they do these little like profiles on the on the town. They're like, and this quaint countryside so-and-so township features a pub and a butcher and a bookshop. Like, that's the town. They have one pub. <laughs> and they're fine. <laughs> now, it's not an either-or situation, okay? I'm not saying you have to pick between success and contentment. I'm not saying you have to choose between being happy in your career and being happy in your life, but you might have been taught that you do. And that's what I want you to pay attention to. I want you to pay attention to the examples you are showing yourself for how can people live? How do people be happy? Sometimes we get so closed in in our lives because we have work, we have our social circle, and then we're busy and we're tired. So that's it. That's all we see. But we teach our minds that this is all that's possible. And if you don't see any happy people around you, that is very problematic. If you don't see any happy people doing the work that you do, also problematic. It doesn't mean that you can't be happy doing the work you do, but it sure as heck means you're training your brain to expect certain things of your life and expect certain things to be possible and impossible. So this is really one of the reasons I watch this show. That and the beautiful countryside, you guys. It's just, it's picturesque. But it's really important to me to expose my mind to lots of different versions of happiness because people are happy and working a lot in cities and people are happy working some to none living in quiet one pub townships. I don't actually think they're called townships, so don't quote me on that. I really want you to check what are you teaching yourself is possible. What are you learning from your surroundings and your examples about what the norm is? And do you like it? If you don't, can you put more people into your life who are giving themselves permission to want what they want, to feel how they want to feel, to say no to what they want to say no to? Because if you want to stop talking yourself out 
of permission, it's going to be so much easier if you don't believe that you're a wackadoo, if you're going against the grain, if you're the only person in your life who's trying to swim upstream. So this is this is my final check question. What permission are you talking yourself out of? And I know on this one, we focus more on the big examples of being happy in your life and doing big, new, exciting projects and taking on new, scary things and risks. But this shows up in the little decisions too. Permission to make something easier. Permission to make something more comfortable. Permission to want to move that thing over here because it would make your life better. Permission to dedicate a chunk of time to something that matters to you, even though it's not on the top of your priority list that was signed and sealed and approved by whoever. So just check, big or small, what permission are you talking yourself out of? And what permission do you want to allow? Just a little bit. You could start small. You could start big. If I've convinced you to give yourself permission to want to enjoy your daily life, then hooray, mission accomplished. And remember, this is what I help people with. This is a big thing I help people with. Changing the habits, not just about permission, but all of this stuff that we're talking about today. Joy and help and rest. You deserve to not automatically talk yourself out of these things because it's your life, your life, my friend. And some of the hard, crappier stuff is going to take care of itself. So we got to take care of this stuff on our own. We got to do a little more work to make this stuff happen. And it's worth it. And you totally can. So go to the show notes for all of the resources I mentioned. I talked about a book, a couple more episodes of this podcast, the Regret Proofing Workshop. And when you're ready to talk about coaching and working together to make it easier to love your choices, you can book your consult, kirstenparker.com forward slash schedule. Okay. I hope this is so fun. Let me know what you think. If you loved today's episode, I would be so grateful if you could take a hot second to leave a rating and review. Tell me what you enjoyed. Tell me what you want to hear next or hear more about. I so, so appreciate it. can't thank you enough for those of you you know who you are who have already left a five-star rating. It warms my heart and I appreciate you and I wish you the best week ahead. I'll talk to you soon. Hey there, quick question. How easy does it feel to say no to requests or invites that you really don't want to agree to? Mmm, not so much. If you find yourself saying yes to things you don't want to do over and over or putting yourself through agony just to get to a no and then feeling super guilty and maybe even doing it anyway, you're going to love the crash course on how to say no. You can get it for free right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no. You'll get a complete PDF workbook with two whole pages of example sentences at the end, literally how to say no to requests and invites and an 11 minute crash course video training that simplifies the whole overwhelming shenanigans of saying no so you can do it without being a terrible person, ruining a relationship, or ending up doing the thing anyway. Go get it now at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no. Enjoy!